welcome to After the Bell with your host, Laura. If you like what you hear today, please rate and review kindly. This show is a series of conversations with educators and learners to try and deconstruct some of the stereotypes around education. If you'd like to know more about me, please visit my Instagram page at EducatingLaura. Hello, welcome to the Friday vlog episode. I would like to do a little reminder about the fact that I'm still waiting on some student voice responses. So whether that is sending in student voices as an audio clip or sending me through some text to read, I'd like it to be completely anonymous. If you don't know what I'm talking about, I do discuss it in a few of the other episodes and I will include the details in the show notes. And I did tell you guys last week that relatively quickly I have been pushed back into the classroom and I'm teaching year 10 and year 7 and in Victoria year 10 is still remote and year 7 are back in the classroom so it has been so lovely to be in the classroom of the year 7s and an incredibly steep learning curve for the remote learning in fact I had a few challenges and when I was speaking to my colleagues about it they said oh gosh you've had quite the time I mean all of those things happened to us but spaced over about a month, whereas it's happened to you all in one day because the kids are so much more savvy with the tech and they know what's going on. And so that's fine. You know, we uh, we roll on. But what I wasn't expecting was the difficulty now that the kids are having, and I'm speaking about my year seven, so they're around 12 to 13 years old, the difficulty that they're having of self-regulating in a classroom. And so I had this particular class, Friday period one. And as most teachers know, period one is the best it's going to get. They've just come out of sleep. They're well rested. Usually period one is the opportunity for the most successful type of work because they aren't wanting to jump out of their skin. They're ready and they're focused and it kind of goes downhill a little bit from there in terms of attention span. But period one, I tell you within 10 minutes, I had to have a discussion with the kids about what was going on because I had several of them trying to get out of their seats and move around and asked to sit in different positions. They couldn't sit at their desks. And the school that I work at is a really wonderful place to work. The colleagues that I have are supportive and collegiate and passionate about teaching. And the kids are wonderful. Like they're the kind of kids that hold doors open for you, pick up your books for you if they think that you're going to have too much to carry. So really, really lovely kids. And to see the disarray that was going on in the classroom was really quite, well, it caught me off guard, I suppose. And when I talked to them, because they were apologetic when I said, you know, can you sit still? Oh, yes, yes. You know, yes, miss, we will. And within minutes, they were still fidgeting and doing, you know, moving their body in ways that was disruptive to other people and to their classmates and so two of the really more challenging boys I spoke to I said you need to get this energy out you are just full of beans and so I elected two of them to go for a sprint around the oval and to have a quick race just to get the energy out of their body and I could see them from the classroom window in the oval so I let them do that and then of course you get oh well why do they get to go which was probably fair (laughs) I probably should have thought that through a little bit better But I said to them, well, how about if we work really well 
for the next 35 minutes. The last five minutes will all go onto the oval and you can choose how you want to spend that time. You can sit in the sun, you can have a chat with your friend, you can go for a walk or you can sprint. Whatever you want to do, however it's going to get you the most benefit, you can do that. And so they worked really well knowing that that was the goal at the end. And I had 26 or 25 kids in that class and oh, 20, I'll say, opted for a sprint around the oval. That's how much energy they had. And they've been so used to being able to get up and go to the toilet or go to the kitchen or move around or sit on the couch. And they've had so much autonomy over their space and the way that they've used the space in remote learning that I was really surprised at the shift that's created. I mean, Victoria, they've been in remote learning for pretty much two terms. So of course it's had an impact, but it is an interesting one. So if you have any thoughts about supporting these kids and helping them in their post remote learning funk that's going on, I'd love to hear from you. Feel free to reach out to me at Educating Laura on Instagram. So while we're here, I had better read you out the blog. So I wrote this on June 14th, 2020, and it is called The School Experience Idealized. My husband loves to research and to be in the know. Over the weekend, he brought me his phone and insisted I watch this video claiming he would have loved school had he had a teacher like this. Now, I will include this video in the show notes, but basically it is a professor that proclaims his trust in physics so vehemently that he has a bowling ball that he swings across the room standing at one end and knows that based on his swing, it will stop just in front of his face, which it does. My husband is fixating on expanding his understanding. He is an excellent partner in quiz games as his general knowledge is vast and he is a natural problem solver. If something is broken, he can always fix it through trial and error or finding the correct information online. If he has a meal to prepare, he will elect a new recipe to try in order to develop his skills and widen his repertoire. He is one of those people that if he sees it done, he can emulate it and with some strategizing can come up with a more effective way. He is not scared of challenges. In fact, he welcomes them. For someone so driven in life, I've always found it so interesting that he didn't particularly excel at school. In fact, he chose not to complete a scored year 12. Yet he loves to learn. He is a director of his own company after working his way up to manage the Victorian branch of an international company. He is dedicated and committed as an employee and boss with an excellent work ethic. He completed a course in project management, receiving all high distinctions in his late 20s. He has a penchant for thinking critically and he actively seeks out the teachers that speak to him online, in literature and through creating personal connections. He incites deep discussion and he is often the one at the dinner table asking the thought-provoking questions and, at times, passionately standing on a soapbox debating the big issues. So why was his absolute sponge not fit for the school system? I asked him if he could construct his own school experience using five subjects that he could learn in any way he wanted, including his own hand-picked curriculum. What would he select? The subjects he chose were astrobiology, quantum physics, ancient history... He specifically was interested in the Persian, Assyrian, Babylonian, Roman and ancient Greek histories, woodworking techniques. In his spare time, he makes furniture. He recently built a coffee table out of wooden epoxy and stated that he would like a subject focused on fine finishing skills. And number five would be computer coding and game design. I then asked him how he would want to engage with the content. He requested information to be delivered via several channels, including podcasts, video, short and specific literature articles, discussions with others as well as expert lecturers. He would want learning tasks to be more interactive and hands-on rather than to be submitted in written form. 
if he was to engage in the learning five days a week, he would only like to be face-to-face and on a scheduled routine two out of those five days. The rest he would conduct at his own pace. This was an interesting exercise for us, one that I would encourage you to consider for yourself. Think about the ideal learning conditions for you, including the content and the way you wish to consume it. It takes maturity and genuine introspection to take that authority over your own education. However, after this lockdown, that is exactly what many of us have had to do. We had the autonomy over our time and our work output. Some thrived and some struggled. Neither is wrong, but it has allowed us an opportunity to identify how we work best. That is something I think is worth acknowledging. Is going back to the nine to five day working for you? They do say that you can't put an old head on young shoulders, but what if you could? How would you do it differently in school with all that you know now? I'm really interested in the forward movement of the education system. I'm not pretending to have all of the answers, but I am certainly asking questions. Feel free, as I said at the start of the episode, to contact me if you have any insight to offer. I will always appreciate the perspective. Hope you're enjoying your wonderful day in Victoria. It is our thank you day or supposedly grand final day off. So enjoy and have a wonderful day.